Welcome to Sustainable 212. Welcome yourself all to Sustainable 212, my magnificent chum. We are back. Are we not back? Are we back? I put it to you that we are back. We're back. We are back. It's like we never went away, except we did go away. And then we went away for a bit longer because I forgot that we were coming back. Well, sort of, yeah. yes. I yes. mean, those paying attention... It was a test to see if anyone was paying attention, <laughs> and, and nobody really was. I so was. we're sorry, we're a week later than we said we were going to be. Yes, But if you know me, that's pretty good. We will work every little bit harder just to make sure we uh, can bring you some babble for the next foreseeable whenevers. And we are Sustainable Babble. We are your friendly little weekly environment podcast. Still, ain't we all? Yes. All about people and the planet. And why, despite everything being an orchestra of noise, we can sometimes pick out the melody every now and then. Yes? Absolutely. Beautifully done. This week, Dave, we're going to be talking about, well, things that get very hot and you sometimes have to blow them when they're too hot. Things like chips, Dave. We're going to be talking about chips and specifically chip fat, which... For anyone who grew up in like the 90s is a thing that you will have been told repeatedly is going to save the planet because look here's Philippa Forrester on Tomorrow's World driving a car that's run entirely by chip fat Uh, and you know that was the thing turns out that thing might not be all that green um, might be worse than not all that green so we're going to talk about that we are also going to be talking about some spectacular babble sent to us by a listener uh, what do you do when you're in a plane dave if it's a if it's a boeing plane uh nice very good well yeah. you save the planet yeah. don't you all you save the planet especially if it's one of those etihad green liner planes which is all eco apart from all the ways that it isn't so we'll be talking about that we are also going to issue a babble apology because when we go away bad things happen things like well sort of massive experiments that are being conducted conducted days on the planet such as how its earth's axis is shifting the stratosphere is thinning all that sort of stuff Mm, sorry that sounds bad yeah, it is bad. We'll get to that. Fine. And finally, we're going to be rejoicing in the fact that one or two slash trillions of cicadas are going to be beating their wings as they emerge out of the ground in America after 17 years. 17 years of slumber. So that's blowing hot chips, bowing planes, conducting nice. massive nice. experiments and beating wings can you tell what the theme is? Very good orchestral theme. All just the usual disclaimer before any Finger of that. Finger on the pulse. That's a classical music orchestral theme for you. I mean, <laughs> yes. nothing yes. says relevance <laughs> in 2021 like that. Just the usual disclaimer. We do work for environmental charities, do we not? All. Yes. Well, I don't know at the moment, but that's not really here nor there, is it? <laughs> um, but, Available. I'm available. Dave's looking for work. Anyone's <laughs> listening. But these are very much our own views. So if you find anything that we say striking you as controversial or annoying, do get in contact with us directly, but not with anyone for whom we work. Yes? Yes. I'm sure we won't give anybody a resin to get in touch. What? Resin. Resin is the thing that you, you put on your bow. Oh, come on. No on one your violin bow. You, you, rub, you rub your violin bows and your cello bows with resin. You've let yourself down. Nice. You've let the intro down. You've let the babble down. It's oh, a, just as well that people can support us financially if they want to make all improve. This is what your money is supposed to do. It's supposed to make all improve. We are listener supported. You can go to wubblywubblywubbly.patreon.com slash sustainable if you would like to chuck in a quid or two to help all improve. Improve. Will it stop me greying? I've started greying. Oh, bless you. Poor, poor thing. Crikey Moses, I did not know that. So, Crikey Moses, I did not know that. This is the section where we are ghasted by our flabber, where things go completely through our little tiny brains and blow them to bits. And this week we are just kind of... Because chips, it turns out, are causing deforestation. Yeah, now, disclaimer, um, American chums, and indeed every other country chums. When Americans say chips, they don't mean chips like normal people, right? They mean <laughs> chips, like what they call crisps. They mean crisps. They mean a, a packet of 
very thin slices of potatoes that we would call crisps. Most other people think that chips are actually crisps. We're talking about like chips as in fries, but kind of, I mean, we're in England, so not really fries, you know, big <laughs> chunky things. Chips. Soaked in oil that a- give you a heart attack immediately. A potato chopped into bits, put into some oil, chips. Chips? Chips. Now, there are lots of things to say about chips, but before any of that all, in the process of researching this here feature about chips, I came up with some chip facts. Would you like some chip facts in the form of a quiz? Indeed, a chip quiz. Sorry, did you finish? Yes. That was a very abrupt end to that sentence. It sounded like you're in the middle of it. Yes, I would like a chip quiz chip, immediately. Chip now. quiz. Right. This would be a quite a quick fire chip quiz. I want quick fire answers to chip quiz because we haven't got all day. And a some chip quiz the... is a good quiz, Dave. That's right. Uh, what? It sounded a bit like quick quick quiz. A quick quiz. Ooh, a quick chip quiz. Chip. That's hard to say. Oh. Right. Shut up and listen. Question number one in chip quiz. In double-decker buses... Yes. How... That's the international metric of height, <laughs> isn't it? Or yeah. length. No, length usually, yeah, sorry. Well, this is in weight. In weight, the same weight as how many double-decker buses of potatoes is made into chips every year. In the UK in, alone. In the UK. In the UK. In the UK. Okay, interesting. How many um, double-decker buses weight of chips? Oh, it's going to be... A, I, I'm responsible for... <laughs> Close to one double-decker bus of chips annually, I think. Right. So, and I think I'm more gluttonous than most, so I'm not going to take that as the average. I think it's about 200,000 double-deckers worth of chips consumed in the UK each year. That's wrong, but it's not horrifically wrong. The correct answer is 125,000 full double-decker buses of chips. I think that's a pretty good guess then, well done me. Yeah, 1.5 million tonnes. A quarter of all the potatoes grown in Britain are made into chips. How about that? Yeah, I'm not hugely surprised by that. I mean, otherwise it's just potatoes, isn't it? We like potatoes. No, you put them in waffles. You put them in uh, oh, yeah, well, no like a nice waffle. Spanish no, omelette. Like, you put them in only three people can eat waffles. You could put them out make potato. You hash can have a spud. That's good. Yeah, all sorts of good potato things. You can have chips. I can take or leave. Depends on my mood. But oh, give me, give me a hash, what? Give me a hash brown. Oh what? yes. Yeah. No. Well, it depends on my mood. If you said to me now, do I want some you chips? Maniac. If you said to me now, Dave, we're going to stop babbling and have some chips. I'd say no. I'd rather do babble some. I don't want some chips. But if I was by the seaside, I'd have chips. I cannot think of an occasion where I wouldn't want chips. Yes. If I could eat chips all day, every day, I would. Stand up for a sec. No, I can't. Question number two. What is healthier, thin chips or fat chips? Fat chips. Why? Uh, less surface area, more potato. Your your potato to oil ratio is better in Very a fat good. chip. Correct. One point five times as much fat in a fat chip as in a thin chip. Although surely yeah. it depends how fat your fat chips are and how thin your thin <laughs> chips are. And I want to know when a chip stops being a thin chip and becomes a fat chip. Yeah. What is the t- what's the tipping point? <laughs> the chipping point, if you like. The tipping point. Yeah. Don't cut them too thick. If you do, there'll be too much moisture in the inside of the potato, inside of the chip. And what that'll do is it'll render the chip soggy. Question number three. This is now we are particularly firmly up your alley with this next question, Ol. Okay. Um, what contains more calories? Think very carefully about the answer to this question. The answer is Ol. Is it? Well, <laughs> is it an average portion of chip shop chips or a doner kebab? Why do I have to think very carefully about this answer? Just think carefully about it. Um, and do I have to take into account the fact that you have to have consumed an extraordinary, <laughs> extraordinary, extraordinarily, extraordinarily a, a big amount of very sugary beer before you would contemplate having a doner kebab oh. or just treating them in isolation? Um, 
I would I would say chips. I think because it's all that starch that turns to sugar. That's all that's calorific, isn't it? Yeah, but a donut kebab is basically just lard, isn't it? No, a donut kebab has got 686 more calories than a portion of chips. Um, oh, so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, these these facts about chips come from something like the chip propaganda body of the UK, right? So they're all pretty much explaining why chips are not bad for you and brilliant for the economy, okay. in case you're wondering. <laughs> it might be possible to go to the Donna Kebab Marketing Board Propaganda Society and find out that actually chips are the devil. But in this case, chips better than Donna Kebab, according to this. Okay, question number four. If you go to a chip shop, what is the most likely thing, apart from salt that you will see to put on your chips. Now, in any sane world, the answer would be vinegar. But we don't live in a sane world. No. So I reckon... And if you were in Amsterdam, it would be mayonnaise. I I think it's going to be ketchup. I think it's going to be ketchup. Oh, the correct answer, oh, the most likely thing that the company's salt in a chip shop uh, is not ketchup. It is non-brewed condiment. Sorry. <laughs> non-brewed condiment. Most, it's which is what you have to legally call the, quotes vinegar that you get in a chip shop because it is not vinegar. It is usually a malt vinegar substitute created with water Acid, flavourings, and colour, which is sometimes used oh. instead of vinegars. There is no fermented alcohol, which is how you generally make vinegars. Um, it's yeah, all vinegar just... is, like, you can make vinegar out of apples, you can make vinegar out of yeah. uh, grapes, can't you? You can, but it's yeah. anyway, but there's no fermenting of anything. It's just like something fizzy and something brown put in a pot, and you're not allowed to call it vinegar. That is disappointing. I wouldn't drink that if I asked you. Why not? Because I don't advise it. That is some good facts. I never knew that. How did I do? I feel like I did quite well. You got some. You got some. (laughs) You got you got some. You got a seasoning of answers correct. So well done. Now, what are we talking about? WRT chips. WRT with regard to chips. Come on, Granddad. Very nice. Granddad, I mean, saying WRT is no quicker than saying with regards to. Slower. Call me Granddad. <laughs> Slower of anything. Um, well, it's like a load of these right. things. The reason we're talking about chips is because there has been a report, and that is a report done by clever people at Transport and Environment, which mm. is a group of genuinely excellent, clever people based out of Brussels who look at things Brussels. to do with the environment. Brussels. Brussels. Bru- yep. Yerp. Uh, do we still that. have to listen to reports come out of Yerp, do we? I thought we got rid of them and uh, interfering well, reports. Um, I don't think we have to listen to them, I suppose. But anyway, they're happening. And uh, do go and check out. Uh, it's called Transport and Environment. Very, very good group who do clever things. And the clever thing they've done is said, look, you may all know, you may not know, that there is some you know, holier-than-now green stuff being spouted about how we're getting loads of fuel for our cars um, from biodiesel, specifically biodiesel, which is made out of used chip fat. Mm. Very good, you may think. It's a good thing to do with all that waste product that is chip fat that ain't useful for boiling chips anymore. Well, they are saying, hang on a minute, that isn't exactly what is going on here. What is going on here is that Places like the UK are going, right, we need loads of biodiesel, please. Uh, We've only got three biodiesels in the UK, so we'll import it from somewhere that's got 10. And uh, that somewhere is usually Malaysia, Indonesia and China, I think. And it's all coming over here and that's all fine and dandy and we're going woo-hoo-hoo. But... China and Malaysia and Indonesia have only got a limited amount of chips that they cook and uh, a limited amount of waste chip fat. And so they are running a bit short. They've got things they want to use it for themselves. And so they're going, uh, yeah, well, if we send this to you, that means we're going to have to like do the things we were going to do with that chip fat with something else instead. How about this lovely palm oil? Yeah, we'll have palm oil. Let's cut down some more rainforest to get more palm oil. 
Was that succinct? Didn't yeah. it feel succinct? No, that was pretty succinct. That was very good. Yeah. So this is there's all sorts of stuff to talk about here. The first thing being targets. Because I'm done. I'm targets. Targets. Oh, that's what's happened here. Cause of Europe. Um, there had been targets that we are going to run, as well as getting loads of electric cars. We're going to run the cars what we have got left. We're going to run a percentage of them, I don't know what that percentage is, off of renewable transport fuels, right? Well, specifically, we're going to... Yeah, it's not 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 a percentage of the cars. It's a percentage of the fuel, right? Right, so it's okay, like, right, yeah. fine, fine, fine. And it was, it's not a vast amount, is it? It's like less than 10% it, sort of Yeah, yeah, it stuff. always used to be 5 and it was going up to 10. Right. But like, these have been, this has been around for a while. Oh, I remember yeah, yeah. people banging on about this. It's called the the Renewable Energy Directive, isn't it? R-E-D? Renew- yeah, Renewable Energy Directive, what has a bit in it about renewable fuels, right? Now, not going to bang on about this sort of stuff, not least because, like, we're not in Europe no more, although for all intents and purposes, we are for this, because this is, like, what the UK does That's with its... nice. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Siri. Sorry, what's not, what's not nice? <laughs> I don't know. What, what's not nice, Siri? Siri appears to be on strike now. <laughs> it told me something isn't nice. Do you think Siri put a lot of professional time and effort into developing and lobbying for the <laughs> Renewable Energy Directive and tapes, takes objection to any criticism going its way? It's genuinely stuck on saying that's not nice. It won't go off. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. There's a target said, can I cut, very long story short, there is a target which said we're going to have an amount of fuel... That is from biodiesel, basically. That's what happened. There's an awful lot of stuff in the middle of that. And that is fine if you have enough of that biodiesel. If you do not, but you have a target, what says we're going to have that much biodiesel, you've got to import it. And when you import it, you better be bloody sure that the bad thing that you are having the biodiesel to avoid is not just going to happen because other people's chip fat is coming over here. Specifically... Palm oil. So what they reckon is happening, this report, is all of the used cooking oils, what were being used in China and Malaysia and Indonesia, and over there used to feed animals, apparently. It's like an animal feed thing. So it has a use. They don't bung it in their cars. They use it as an animal feed stock and stuff, and indeed may bung it in their cars. Um, But instead of that, what this report says is, well, all that we reckon is happening is, yay, great, the EU and the UK gets loads of chip fat, clean, reusable, nice, happy, shiny kitten fuel. And then China and Malaysia and Indonesia go, right, well, we ain't got a target, so we're just going to go chop down that rainforest and get loads of palm oil off the trees and bish, bash, bosh, everyone wins. Yes? Yes. And, uh, I mean, to be clear, when it is waste products, it's reckoned to be genuinely much, much better than, like, normal petrol and diesel. I think the figure is about 90% less carbon emitted from it when, when it is a when it is a genuine waste product. So good thing. Good thing. When it's done properly. Yes. But uh yeah, bad thing if as you say it's leading to lots of unintended consequences. And this I suppose is you know the perils of like targets that must be met and haven't been thought through. Well, maybe it has been. I don't know if that's fair, but you know, it's it the focus is on achieving that target because otherwise Europe would be cross. And so you're like, okay, People aren't eating enough chips in the UK, which frankly strikes me as odd because we eat a lot of chips here. But we're not eating enough chips to meet this target ourselves. So we're going to have to import it from somewhere else and the whole thing unravels. So target's not always the answer, is I suppose what we're saying here. In our time doing this, doing this stuff, we've had people, I've had people um, say... Bloody greenies always calling for targets for things. Well, you know what happens when you call for a target for a thing. People game it and they'll just do the minimum they have to do to meet that target and they'll cut corners and you'll cause problems somewhere else and it won't change anything. Yes? And this, they are not usually right, I would say. Uh, Yes, exactly. I would say there are plenty of times when that is not true. Because usually... And when it helps, it helps align lots of people towards the same kind of place They're and it makes, to do the same thing. it makes innovation useful. happen go back and listen to yep. episode 194 makes things cheaper makes things cheaper see you know all of the stuff happening with electric cars and things like that so it makes stuff happen stop picking your nose um right. fine but uh so generally that's bollocks and it's a thing people say who don't like governments telling them to do stuff but this is the kind of thing you have to watch out for when what is happening is not the target per se it's just that it has become more important to meet the target and tick a box than to actually check how you're meeting it 
is what's going on here. And there's an yeah. awful lot of babble associated with that kind of thing. And it's an analogy, is it not? Oh. It is an analogy. Um, well, just before we go into the, onto that analogy, just a little bit on the scale of the problem. So mm. uh, it is now estimated by these clever people at Transport and Environment that more than half of Europe's usage of this stuff, this biodiesel, clever biodiesel stuff, uh, is imported from those countries I mentioned, places like China, Malaysia and Indonesia. So it's not like we're just kind of topping up the last 10% to meet these targets. It's now like a fundamental bit of mm. how we're going to meet these targets, which which seems like it is all a bit wrong, really. And, you know, let's put it in context. There's not a lot. I mean, it's like less than 2% or something of the UK's fuel use comes from biodiesel. So it's yeah, not like sure. A yeah. I mean, petrol is still, you know, <laughs> the thing. Another thing that's been happening while we've been off, there's been a lot of controversy about carbon offsetting. Oh, um, and we've banged on a lot on your babble about carbon offsetting. Have we not? We have, yeah. We have. Usually Which, saying it's bulls. Well, usually saying for kind of similar reasons, like, yeah, it, it's bulls or at least there is a very high chance of it being bulls, right? The idea of carbon offsetting being, if you didn't know, that you can pay a pound and I will save a pound of carbon somewhere in the world and then you have saved, you, you basically saved a pound of carbon or something, right? So if you have caused a pound of carbon damage, you've therefore yes. mopped up after yourself. That's the idea. Uh, but there's all sorts of questions about it like, well, hang on a minute, how could, what do you mean you saved what do you mean you saved a pound of carbon? You, you like, there was a tree that was going to be cut down. Oh, was it? And then you saved it. Oh, did you? And then that suddenly, yeah, exactly. you know, all that and, sort of stuff. Oh, how convenient. We've come up with a system which enables you to carry on doing that fridge burning in your back garden that you were always going to do anyway and that you, you know, you have no intention of stopping. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's all sorts of stuff about carbon offsetting, like the base, a lot of them is says something like, we've got a forest and we've saved that forest from being destroyed. And now if you pay us some money, we will keep it. They are carbon offset. And there is a very large argument that goes, well, just don't destroy it. Like, that's not just, good. Yeah. That's not good. It's not the counterfactual, sorry for the word, but the counterfactual should not be uh, forest dead, should be forest alive. And we want to save some garden, not like yes. forest dead, <laughs> and therefore we keep 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 keep, 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 keep it and save some carbon. Can't speak yeah. anyway. Yes, and oft, often that forest has been saved in inverted commas by about seventeen different people mm. in seventeen different uh, offsetting schemes as well. So it's like a massive amount of double counting going on. So it's generally bad. But I think what you were getting to, oh, yes. is that offsetting, much like uh, this kind of funny putting chip fat in your car thing. Is a sort of technical buck passing, points missing, kind of not confronting the horrors of climate change response to what we have got going on and what we've really got to do. It's that kind of like, oh, well, we'll just tweak this thing here and then that will be fine and we can carry on and everything's going to be hunky dory. But it's not, and we've got to confront the lack of hunky doryness. Zicky Swazi is 11 years old and agreed to meet us outside the mine. Why aren't you in school? My parents are dead, he said, and I stay with my grandma. So you need to make money for your granny? Yes. We asked these companies whether childmind cobalt is being used in their products. Uh, see also electric cars and child labour in the Congo. Oh, see also that. Right. So, well, yes. Yes. So, a lot of people say that's bad. Really and a lot bad. of critics of electric cars who happen to also be petrol heads reach for the child labour in the Congo argument. I don't know enough about this to know if that's a fair thing or not. There is certainly, I have read a very nasty Guardian article which sounds very bad and like. There is a huge, well, there is, it doesn't matter how much there is, there is exploitation of kids uh, being sent into horrific, unsafe conditions to 
dig out bits of cobalt, which ultimately is for batteries and uh, stuff like that. That Robert Llewellyn, uh, what was his name? I was going to say Rimmer. Not Rimmer, the other one. Crichton. Crichton. Dwarf. Yes. He was uh, was on our podcast a few uh, episodes ago, and he was saying it isn't all that bad. Actually, it's a tiny percentage, blah, blah, blah. So go back and listen to that to see what his argument was. But yes, it's another way. Electric cars are a little bit analogous, I agree, because basically everyone's going, oh, well... We can't stop driving. That'd be ridiculous. So we'll just carry on driving loads and uh, we'll just do it with nice electric batteries. And that's fine. And it isn't really fine. I do like it is worth saying I don't want to be all like uh, twatty about this, but I'm about to be. But I don't want to be really. But like. (laughs) It is a it's good awful, thing. isn't it? Like I have that all the time, where you can just feel some twattiness about to emerge from your mouth. Yeah, and you can't stop it. It's like that feeling. Do you know when you start a sentence sometimes, and you know you don't know how the sentence is going to going to end, right? And normally <laughs> that's all sentences. We don't live in Germany, right? So normally that's all sentences. Because in no, Germany, that wasn't that wasn't a xenophobic remark. That no. was that was that was praising the excellent uh, German system of grammar, where you ha- what is it? You have to have. Well, the verbs at the end. S- so you have to know what your what your That's action right. is going to be at the end of the sentence. You can't just put it at the start. I was running. You have to have worked it all out backwards, so you end up running, which I think is quite cool. Please accept my apologies. <laughs> anyway, um, what the hell was I saying? Um. Chip fat, cool. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. No, we hadn't got. Yes, we were saying how things come out of our mouth, and we know they're going to be bad. Chip um, fat is like, basically it's a cool thing, and I remember. I, I think you mentioned this earlier, but I do remember like, when powering your cars off chip fat was like that's a thing we're going to do in the future. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember all the articles saying things like, "Will this mean that all the cars smell of chips?" To which the answer is, "No, don't be silly. It won't all smell of chips. It'll smell of fumes, like all the other ones. Um, <laughs> but, smell of death and lung disease. But look, just all, things, like normal cars. all things being equal, if you've got a thing over here which is just going to go down the drain and you don't otherwise need it, and that thing can go over here and be used to do a thing that you're doing over here, and then you don't need to, e.g., dig up loads of dead dinosaurs and set fire to them. Good thing, right?" Not a problem. And I can see why Europe, and indeed anyone, goes, yeah, we'll have more of that. That's good. We'll, we'll generate a bit more innovation in that area, right? So I don't want to... I just wanted to say, not a bad thing. The problem comes when you're going, oh, we'll just ship it all in. And you're not doing enough, which is what this report says, to check the provenance thereof. Yeah, yeah. I do... Yes, exactly. And I do... You know, you want lots of innovation. You want people doing quirky things, fun things. You want, as you say things that are otherwise going to go down the bin, particularly if it's fat, because then you get fat bergs and stuff. Oh, yeah. You don't want that stuff going down the drains, no. down the bin. Um, yeah, let's have fun people. You know, there's always those slightly eccentric types who've managed to, like, convert their entire school bus into something that runs off a used cigarette or something. It's like, well, how, well, well, how do you do, well, there was do, an, you do that? There's an article that we will put a link to in the show notes, which was from 10 years ago now, which is how you can turn your own car to run on chip fat. Um, disclaimer, if you want to do this, don't take it up with a babble, but you can do it. Um, apparently it's not that hard. Like you get loads of vegetable oil and you do like, you just sort of filter it, bung it in the car. Please don't just do what I said. No, like, because you can mess your car up. But it's not that hard a thing to do. Did you ever encounter the sort of, and this was pre like everything being on the internet being a conspiracy theory, but the conspiracy theory that cars could actually run on water, like just water and water vapour, um, and that there was like a massive kind of Illuminati type mobilisation by the fossil fuel industry to stop that happening. Did you ever encounter that one? No. Oh. Just my little um, corner of the internet then. Hmm. What? If so- that's true, write it. If you genuinely believe that, if you think that big oil have suppressed free and pollution-free um, water-powered cars for the last 50 years, write in it and tell well, us why okay. that's true. And so- we will... Um, they may not have done that, but they've, you know, that's a kind of silly example of what they have done. 
right? I mean, they yes. have held yeah, no, back the you know innovation in green technology, et cetera, et cetera, yep. et cetera. Right? So it's not yep. that daft. It's truer no. than saying they haven't got anything anything wrong with them at all. That that's true. Yeah. 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 Okay. Back in my box. <laughs> <laughs> what were we saying? Right. You were going to say, were saying? Were yeah, so, uh, it's cool to do the cool things, yes. innovative things, fun. Probably don't have a silly target uh, that is not thought through. What else was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Other things that suggest this is bad um, is that the aviation and shipping industries love it. They want mm. loads of biodiesel. They are anticipating a massive increase in demand. And that's kind of all I need to know to know that this is bad. Because if the aviation industry and the shipping industry want more of a thing, it's generally bad. See also planting trees everywhere, Roll. And this is the last thing I want to say on this, really. But it's all the same sort of stuff. There's like one category of thing, and you'll hear it all over the place, which is it's all right, we can carry on doing our insert environmentally destructive thing here, because instead we will get use loads of chip fat and turn it into biodiesel or we will offset our carbon by investing in solar panels somewhere else or we will plant trees everywhere right and that is basically all right even if you know if you're checking it's all right as long as not literally everyone in the world is trying to do it rather than stop their polluting going on where are all the bloody trees going to go in order that you can carry on doing all the stuff you want to do now like it's a lot of trees mm-hmm. it's a lot of chip fat if you're not careful, you'll just end up buggering everything up all the more, saying you've done, quote, net zero, but no one's checking it all adds up to the right amount, and we die. Okay, yes. one more gloomy point is that I feel a bit icky about this, and uh, <laughs> I think the reason I feel a bit icky about it is because it's like it's all a bit sort of colonial. It's kind of like, hi, we're the West, and we want to decarbonise, so we're just going to pinch your stuff malaysia and indonesia and in in the case of biodiesel uh and we'll have that and that will help us do our decarbonizing and that's fine and you know what about if as you mentioned earlier they want to use it for their own thing or for if they want to use it for decarbonizing like it's it's their stuff and when you think about it in terms of the electric car stuff and the cobalt like that is like British-owned mining companies, people like Glencore, uh, who are going and nicking it from bits of Africa which used to be British or bits of Africa which used to be Belgian colonies, like the DRC uh, is a is probably the best-known example. And it's like Belgian companies that are also turning it into something useful after the British mining companies have, have bought it. So I just, I don't really like all of the sort of continuation of like rich west colonial powers going and nicking bits of the rest of the world's stuff hello there my name is Crichton 2x4b523p such a jerky middle name and you are listening to sustainababble sustainababble of the week now now. For new or relatively new listeners, you won't have heard us do as much sustainer babble of the week as we used to do, but my God, you're about to hear a good one. I need to issue a correction because at the start of this episode, I said that a listener sent us something in. Um, and in a sense, that tells you how babbly this is because I assumed that one of our listeners had seen this and gone, oh my God, this is hilarious. You've got to see this. But no. This was actually sent to us by the press release, by the press people, the public affairs people, who what they called the PR public people, people, public relations yeah, people. Yes, yes. From from Etihad saying, Hey, sustainable, we're excited to share that Etihad Airways, blah blah blah, has operated its first eco flight for twenty twenty one between Abu Dhabi and Rome, expanding upon the research under the Etihad Green Liner program. Well now well, what? this sounds promising. We were just talking <laughs> there about sustainable aviation fuels all. So what are they powering their flights with chip fat or what? Well, um, I'm looking at the Greenliner website, the Etihad Greenliner program website. And what they've done Etihad is... Etihad is, avi- is an airline, by the way. We haven't actually said it that. It is you a very, yeah, not, very big yes. airline. Yeah, uh, 
one of the biggest in the world. And um, what they've done is they've done a pun. And I obviously approve of puns uh, because the Dreamliner is the name of one of their types of aeroplane, which they fly all over the world. And they've said, hey, wouldn't it be great if we converted one of our Dreamliners to a Greenliner? And you say, yes, oh, it would be good. Yes, um, so that, that mean good. it's powered by solar panels and stuff? Uh, no, it is just a plane flying around. They've made it a kind of bluey, greeny colour. Yes, it's got green in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that that's that's nice. That's a good environmental colour. Um, well, well, should we ask Arabella what else they are they are doing? From electric tractors for baggage and freight loading to optimised flight route planning and continuous descent, we use our EcoFlights to trial, develop and calculate the impact of a number of different changes. Operating on our Boeing 787s and innovative Etihad Greenliner, our EcoFlights have a significantly lower impact on the environment. On average, they consume 15% less fuel, follow an optimised flight route and reduce the amount of single-use plastic on board. Nasty. Right. So, this is worth pulling this apart just a little bit more because... Dave looks serious here. Because there is a lot of babble doing a lot of heavy lifting in these couple of paragraphs that we're looking at, right? Do you remember in the North Sea episode, Ol, we were talking about how... Industry will say, we're doing loads of green stuff. And everyone goes, wow, that's amazing. And then you look at what they're doing and it's like, there's one thing which is green and that's generally a shit thing. So that thing is in the case of the oil industry, uh, putting renewable light bulbs into the oil rigs or something. Um, Well, in this case, they are doing some stuff. They're using electric tractors to put the baggage into the airy plane um, and they are reducing the amount of single-use plastic on board. Now, that is not an ungreen thing in itself to do, but that's it. In the context of an industry, <laughs> which isn't? No. No. <laughs> I think it, it qualifies under what George Monbiot, friend of the babble, would say is micro-consumerist bullshit. <laughs> MCBs, that is. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't yes. care. I don't care what is powering the tractors that are getting my suitcase onto the plane. I do care what is powering the plane. Yes, quite. And nothing is changing in that regard. They are doing stuff, again, just, it made me think of the North Sea oil industry thing, just like the North Sea oil industry. They're doing stuff that, frankly, they should be doing anyway, because it's just common sense to do it. And they want, like, Babble badge for it. They want brownie points. So they want brownie points for optimising their flight planning, their flight route planning, i.e. <laughs> flying in the most sensible route between point A and point B to use the least fuel, which, like, like that's basic yeah. airline school, isn't it? Doing that? <laughs> Why aren't you bust? Today we'll be flying from A to B via C, possibly yeah. K. We'll have a look at Z just for shits and giggles. It's always nice round Z. And then we'll arrive where we arrive. Yeah. I don't think that's I don't think that's what you should be doing. I think you should be going literally as the crow flies. That's the point about planes. You can Ooh. go in a really straight line, sort of. Oh, you'll get emails about that. You're going to get emails about that because I think, as you well know, all the the world, the Earth, the curvature of the Earth does not work like that. But the yeah, point being, yeah, all right. And there are like winds and stuff, and it yes. like sometimes you have to go in an arc to make it. You're not flying to a ring. Oh, whatever. Don't email me about that. I'm making a point. <laughs> The idea that they're suddenly doing this as part of the Greenliner programme for Babel badges, as you say, is nonsense, as is the idea of the continuous descent, which you looked up and found on some 2006 document. Continuous descent seems like a very bad idea, if you want my opinion. Well, it seems like a bad idea for most of the flight, but if it's when you're trying to land, it seems like a good idea. Yes, come down continually until you're at the bottom. Well, that's just about reducing. This is quite a good thing, I suppose. It's about reducing the amount of time that you spend you know when you like you come down on a plane and you go round and round and round for a bit stacking and then and then you come down it's about like sort of minimizing getting as quickly as you can from being up to being down as opposed to doing all the fannying around again not a stupid idea will save you fuel but is not but but hooray you're (laughs) running your business better now yeah you don't get babble points for that and you definitely don't get it for reducing the amount of spoons that you're giving people is something amiss 
A mesh card? No, what could possibly be a mesh? No, it isn't. And when you read a little bit further down the list of puff piece quotes, you see the point which kind of is what's really going on here. Because they say, they being Etihad, say that they have introduced these um, planes, these Dreamliners, which is the name of the, the plane, uh, on like about half of its passenger routes or something to replace older, less efficient aircraft. Fine. Fine. But what they also say is in order to increase capacity and pioneer new markets. So that sounds to me like having more people going on more flights to more places. and In slightly greener I, planes. In, in marginally greener planes. Yeah. But that doesn't to me sound like we as a company, we as an industry are going to be doing less injecting the planet with like coal in its eyeballs no. we're we're not going to be doing less of that we're just going to be doing less of it per airplane per person and what you don't get when you're doing that kind of thing you don't get to use the word eco you do not get to put the word eco in front of the word flight when you are doing <laughs> that give us that back give us that eco you can't, give you it, can't give it have here. eco give us an eco <laughs> give give it to us Things that make you go, Jesus, shit it! Oh God! Now, right, we've been away. You know what happens when we go away? Bad stuff happens. Bad things. Do you think that's just because bad stuff is always happening? I think so, but like. We the last few times we've been away, like Trump yeah. got elected one time we were away. That's true. Bad, like some quite bad things have happened when we've been away, and it's okay because this time the only bad things that have happened are um, they've discovered that bits of plastic are flowing around the entire planet in the air in like large quantities, and I don't really know where it's coming from, but they think it's from car tires, and that's bad. So it's well, like it's actual in the air. bits of plastic just flying around the earth. Yeah, it's in the air and it's oh, like going spiffing, from country spiffing. to country, continent to continent. Like a swift. Um, so that's what? Like a swift. Yeah. Yeah. But plastic. Like a swift. Yes. Slightly less kind of heartwarming and heralding the sign of summer. Um, but like a swift, sure. Um, so that's good. That's happening. And um, it's, it's good because it's funny, isn't it? Because previously... I thought I was really worried about the fact they'd found plastic in like every marine and terrestrial environment. But now I realise how silly and kind of frivolous that was because it's it's in the air. It's in the air. So that's super. That's um, so just one better, isn't it? Yeah, it's the full house, isn't it? Ding, progress. ding, ding. Progress, more progress. That's what's happened there. More progress. Tell you what's also progress. Now, they say that uh, we little humans are insignificant bags of water. You say this, Dave. You say mm. we're nothingy little things, insignificant ah, in the blink of the eye. Piffly, whiffly little droplets of nothing. Well, shove this in your piffly, whiffly droplets of nothing pipe and <laughs> smoke <laughs> it. We have managed to tilt the Earth's axis. Go uh, humanity! Uh, you know that means we will die. Do you know how we've done it? Do you know how we've done it? By melting so much ice off of the uh, the polar ice caps that weight has been shifted from the top and the bottom of the planet to elsewhere in the planet and the axis has shifted. Oh, my. Well done, us. And the good news is that is only just getting going. That's really bad. That's one of those things that's not a little bit bad. That's quite a lot bad. Like the, the all of human life has only evolved because of the tilt of the earth that we've got. All life has only evolved because of that, because we have seasons and stuff has evolved the way it's yeah. evolved because of like the energy that generates. We don't want to mess about with that. No. Oh. Well, we are. And that's happened since we've been off. So it was all right when we went <laughs> off. No, I don't think the tilt has happened since we've been off. I think they've just, like, told people about the tilt. Uh, I can't remember the size of that tilt. I don't think it's particularly massive, but, you know, we still tilted it. Uh, What is quite massive, however, is the extent by which (laughs) we have shrunk the stratosphere. Did you ever see those films, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Yeah, I did, in the cinema. Yeah. Yeah. So that... 
those films were bad, but not as bad as shrinking the stratosphere. Um, yeah. So you're bumming me out. Uh, yeah. There's no good way of putting this. Basically, all of the CO2 has made the stratosphere about 400 metres thinner than it oh, was. Is that a lot in stratosphere? That is quite terms? a lot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's big. It's like 80 kilometres or something, the stratosphere. But it's not like, that's not a tiny percentage. And um, What happens yeah. if we don't have stratosphere? Don't know. We will just go off to sp- All the air just goes out to space. No, I don't know. But Not I can't good, imagine anyway. it's good. No. Can't imagine it's good. They don't generally um, say, people don't get elected on a, we need to get rid of that wretched stratosphere coming over here pinning us down, do they? It seems, <laughs> to, seems to do something of use for us. Yeah. And I'm sure there'll be some atmospheric scientists listening to the mm. babble who can tell us whether or not it's the stratosphere that like keeps if you, all the UV oh God, rays out. If you are an atmospheric so scientist all... listening to the babble, why the hell do you listen to the babble? I'm sorry about this. <laughs> So, yeah, there, there's some bad things that have been happening. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. But, Good news but, all um, is that there's a thing called Brood X coming. Now, you assure me this is good news. To me, it sounds like the worst idea in the world. I'd never want a thing called Brood X to arrive outside of a mm. science fiction film, and I'm not generally happy on it then. What is a Brood X, Ol? Well, you know when you go on a holiday... Uh, well, no, but... to like the old the Algarve and stuff. I don't know, Algarve, Algarve. That's what I mean. You go, you go to foreign, and you get those balmy evenings where you're sitting outside drinking um, a lager, and you hear. Oh, your phone. Yeah, someone's phone's going. And I go, it's not my phone. It's a cicada. Well, look, this is a thing which is happening in America. I love this. America as a continent is a properly like biblical place kind of nature-wise, well, isn't it? Like, well, you and forget. non-nature-wise, but yeah. And non-nature-wise, yes. But you forget just how much incredible, amazing, mad, bad stuff goes on in their nature. And this is one of them. Every 17 years, a bunch of cicadas come out of the ground and hatch in their, and I guarantee this isn't an exaggeration, trillions. Trillions. Wow. And they wait until the soil is exactly the right temperature. 64 degrees, I think, is the temperature. And in, at that in, point, they come Fahrenheit, out and they right? say, in, uh, yeah. what? In Fahrenheit, not in Celsius. Yes, in Fahrenheit. Don't, don't worry, no, it's not that hot. <laughs> at that point, they come out of the ground and they say, do you know what? Two things are on my mind. Eating and shagging. Let's uh, go. And... Yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty biblical. It's an extraordinary amount of quite big bugs that eat everything and everything eats them. It's a boon, apparently, for a load of species that like big bugs, snakes and stuff. Um, But I believe it looks quite scary when there's like trillions of them around. So so it's a good thing because there'll be, yeah, loads of other species will eat them and that's a good thing. I remember this first time, well not first time around, I remember this last time, my god I've been doing this for a long time, I'm so old I remember remember working for an environmental charity 17 years ago when this happening and me having exactly this conversation then with someone. Oh, am I going to have to do this again in 17 years? Yeah. Are we going to have tilted the earth's axis so much I won't have to worry about it by then? Anyway, I think that's good. Um, I think insects are good. Apparently, people are going to eat them this time in a kind of climatey. Are you going to eat them? Are you going to have a bowl yeah. full of locusts or shikadus? I'm going to fly to America in a green liner aeroplane to eat three locusts and post about it on Instagram and come home. Do you reckon a cicada flies in the most fuel efficient way? Well, not if they're making all that noise. No, that's There's a lot of energy they could be using for going forward that they're using for making an infernal racket. Yeah, we're talking about the cicadas, not you, right? Oh, yes. Yes. I really ought to expend some more energy going forward. I need to to go. (laughs) It's all backwards or sideways at the moment. I'm just sat. Right, that is just about it for another episode of Babble. We're back on the Babble Horse, Dave. Hooray, I never left it, Albie. I was just trotting around the yard waiting for you to come back. Very nice. Well, here I am, and here you are. Thank you for being here and being you and babbling magnificently. Thank you, as ever, to Dickie Moore uh, for the music that begins, ends, and intertwinkles this podcast, and to Arthur Stovall, who does our logo 
which is on our t-shirts that you can still buy from our website at www.sustainababble.fish. Yes, you can get in touch with us. You can tell us what you thought of the show and anything therein. We're on the internet at wobbly, wobbly, wobbly. No, that's not right. At hello at sustainababble.fish. You can find mm. us on Facebook if you search Sustainababble or on Twitter at the Babble Wagon. And if you like what you hear and you were so moved to chuck in a couple of quid to help with the running costs of your esteemed babble, you can do so by chucking into our Patreon at wobblywobblywobbly.patreon.com slash sustainababble. And thank you as ever to people who do. Uh, it keeps the babble going. There is only still babble because of those kind people. Join them. Join them. Thank you to Arabella uh, for reading out the eco guff so splendiferously. I think Arabella's about 28 now, but she still tolerates us, yeah. and that's kind. You wanted to tell people about some friendly podcast folk, I think. Yeah, didn't you? we've we've got a little hookup going on. Uh, not for money, but we're just we're giving each other's podcast a shout out because they like us and we like them. It's a podcast called Crazy Town. And it's very, very good, actually. I'm not just saying this. It's a good thing. It's a bunch of Americans, kind of like Dave and Ol, but, you know, American. So, face it, more successful, better yeah. looking, happier, wealthier. Kind of, uh, with a better handle on self-confidence yeah. and, you know, yeah. self-assuredness, that sort yeah. of thing. Talking about similar sort of stuff, you know, the only other podcast I've heard which I think has the same sort of vibe as us, but, you know, it's American. So if you want to go and listen to them, they gave us a nice shout-out. We are very happy to reciprocate. You'll find Crazy Town on your podcast media of choice. Give them a go. Super. I will be doing that. Uh, right. What else are we doing? Uh, I think we've thanked people. We've begged people for money. We've told people to go and listen to another podcast, which is high risk, but, you know. Uh... Good. Good. Done. Done. Let's go home. We are home. Bye. Let's stay home. <laughs> Bye. No! Cambridge United! Cambridge we haven't United. even talked about Cambridge United. I mean... I'm afraid we're all out of time podcast, for this week. But I have talked about little else. <laughs> Congratulations to little plucky Cambridge United for making it to a slightly bigger small time. Well done. It's been brilliant. It's been brilliant. It's particularly satisfying that it's happened in the immediate aftermath of all of that European Super League nonsense. A little family club that's full of wholesome people. I'm not. I'm not here anymore, am I? You turned me off ages ago, didn't you?